Thank you for joining us on the CFF podcast for our special week of sanctification. During this week, Pastor Pablo Martinez will be sharing on how to be sanctified with a purpose. Prepare your hearts to receive and allow the Word of God to bless you. This is your home. A cruise ship, you know, the big old ship. Um, it wasn't a cruise, it was, you know, a ship, but he was coming too. And so there was this big old reception. This band was like playing and, you know, there were fireworks. There was just all kinds of noise and cool things. Now they were asked to wait, of course, uh, because of security reasons. And so there was just a lot of, a huge reception, right? And the president of the, you know, the nation was uh, obviously, um, you know, escorted out first and, you know, everybody was there and they were asked that, you know, first class would go first and then second class and third class which is where they were. Um, now the husband and the wife were there by the rail, just watching this whole thing, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, they finally everything, everybody left, even the band, everybody left. And finally they let third class out and they, you know, they went out into this, this small motel to stay the night before they got picked up by one of their kids. And, uh, you know, they were quiet because um, the husband began to feel something, you know, that missionary man um, began to feel this feeling of indignation. And uh, he told his wife, honey, I, I just, I know it's wrong what I'm about to tell you, he said, but I can't help but feel how unfair this is. The president was coming back from a hunting trip. And so, you know, uh, people were honoring him when he was coming back home. But he said, this man's coming back from a hunting trip and they honor him and there's a band and there's this huge reception. And we're coming back from giving up our lives for serving God, our entire life, literally and no one is here to even receive us. There's, there's no, no fanfare. There's no fireworks. There's not even anyone here to, to, to say welcome. And uh, I, just, I just, I know it's wrong, but I feel so frustrated. And so the wife told him, uh, like a good, you know, amazing, incredible woman of God said, why don't you go ahead and pray about that? And then we can talk about it afterwards. And so uh, he did. The missionary went into back into the, I guess he went into the restaurant, prayed, and he came back. And he was different. His face face was lit up. He was joyous. He was he was happy. And the wife said, "Hey, you look you look different." He said, "I know. God spoke to me." And so she said, "Well, what 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 did he say?" You know. And he said, "Well, I was telling God how mad I was. You know, because you know this is this precedent, and he's getting this huge homecoming." And I just poured out my heart to God, and I told him, I don't think it's right, you know. And, and then he answered to me, uh, it's okay, because he's receiving that homecoming, but you're not home yet. And uh, that understanding changes mindset. You're not home yet, meaning your home is not here in this world. Your home is with me. Your home is heaven. Your home is eternity. And so this man was you know, envious of someone who was receiving something here, but then the Lord reminded him, of what you and I should always be reminded of, always, 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 and that this place, although we're passing by and although we have a great purpose to live out on this earth, this is not our home. I want to take you to John chapter 17, verse 15 through 19. John 17, 15 through 19. It says, I do not ask you to take them out of the world. This is Jesus praying for us and for his disciples. I do not ask you to take them out of the world but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of this world or not of the world. Sanctify them in your truth. Your truth, your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. Let me read it one more time. Make sure you don't miss it. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. They are not of this world. Say with me, I am not of this world. Now, if your family is listening, I know that's all they hear because you have headphones. They're gonna, you're going to sound like really weird. But he, he says, even as I am not of the world, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes, I sanctify myself that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. What a powerful statement. This is Jesus praying for us. And he's praying not that God would take us out of this world, but rather that he would keep us from the evil one in the world. And then he says something so powerful. And uh, like I just said, he says, I am not of this world. And also they are not of this world. I think that 
sometimes we can grab onto the world so much. We can grab on and expect the world to give us something that Christ alone can give us to fulfill us in ways that only God can fulfill us. Can I tell you something that this to me is very, very important and dear to my heart, um, that the more I grab on to Jesus, the easier it is to let go of everything else. The more I grab on to Christ, the easier it is for me to let go of offenses, for me to let go of fear, of traumas, for me to let go of uh, the low self-esteem issues that come with it. Uh, the more I grab on to God, the more I can let go of other things. I believe that half of the problems that we go through in life happen not because we're evil, but rather because we forget one thing of how good you are in Christ and how good Christ is with you and in you. We forget our true identity. The reason I spoke to you about holiness and sanctification yesterday, and the reason I'm going to talk to you today and the next day and the next day, it is because I want you to understand that God wants you to be holy, not because you can earn your salvation or because somehow you can become good enough to deserve him. You could never be good enough to deserve and neither could I. There's nothing that I can do to deserve God. However, we can honor everything he's done for us. We can honor who we are now in him. The Bible says, this is something so beautiful that he says that he has clothed us with righteousness, with robes of righteousness. The Bible says something so beautiful in 1 Peter 2, uh, 2 1 through 12. I'm only going to focus on a few of those verses, but it says on verse 9, 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. It says that you are a chosen race. So what race are you? Chosen? What race are you? Mexican? No, I am chosen. What are you, Latin? I'm chosen. When somebody asks you what race you are, the first thing you should say is chosen. Now it's going to sound real weird, right? You're in an application. They say, what race? Uh, chosen. So it says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into your marvelous, into his marvelous light. The reason you and I are to walk in holiness and the way you can actually do this is not by trying hard, it's not by you know, like I said yesterday, it is difficult. It is something you need to try, but it is by trying out of who you are, not out of trying to become someone else. I believe that the reason why so many people struggle so much with sin is because they somehow appropriate sin because sometimes you make your struggle yours versus saying, this is not who I am. That way I'm responding is not me. I am different. I've been renewed. I've been restored. I've been changed. I am a new creation in Christ. The Bible says that those that are in him are a whole new creation, that all things have passed, and here all things have been made new. So you and I are a new creation in Christ. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen someone that acts like something that they are not? There was this one guy in my school, we used to call him the transformer because he would be one thing one day and another thing another day. One day he was a skater and he would be like, I'm a skater. So, what's up, bro? And he was a skater. And then the next day he was a cholo. I was like, dude, weren't you a skater the other day? And then the other day he was a rebel. You guys know what rebels were or am I just too old? Rebels were the guys that were really tight shirts, even tighter than this. They would even put their cigarettes here and they would like pack them like this, have really bald head back here and a little, a long a long piece right here, and they were just like, you know, rebels, tight jeans, back when jeans weren't tight back in the day, you know. Uh, and so he one day he was a rebel. The next day he was an emo, right? And he was like, hey, what's wrong with you? He was wearing all, white, all black, you know. And so he was this transformer guy. He was always trying to be something. I imagine that's going to be really, really tiring. And I think that's what happens many times with you and I, unless we understand who really are in Christ. Can I just tell you this? We're going to focus on these verses for just the next few minutes. And I want you to really grab a hold of this, that you are God's people. You, even if no one else was in the screen, even if it was just you hearing this, I would tell you, you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. Who you are is royalty. Girl, you're a queen. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, you're a prince. You're a prince. You're, you're a royalty. You're made 
to, to do something, to be something. And sometimes the enemy can very quickly and very easily twist that and downgrade and demean what God has called you to be and do. The Bible says that we are first chosen, then priesthood, then holy, then God's own possession, and then he called us to have a purpose. Please listen to this. A lot of people try to live out the purpose of God in their life without first having the identity of God. This is really tiring, and this is really difficult to try to live out without understanding who you are, to try to do things because you have to or because that's what's right versus do things because it's who you are. There are some things about you that you can do better than other people. It's the fact. There are some things about you that you have that God gave you that maybe you haven't even discovered. One thing I know, and this is for sure, I cannot, I am the worst someone else and I am the best me. Now, can you, can you understand? We can understand that, right? Like, I am the best someone else, but I am the best me. I'm looking at the screen and I see talent. For example, Manny, Manny Espinosa, you said Manuel Espinosa there, one of the most talented guys. If I try to paint like Manuel, I would end up feeling like, like a three-year-old, like, oh, he could probably paint better than me. You know what I mean? There's things about you, Manuel, that you can do that if I try to be you, I would get really frustrated. You know, it would be really hard for me to do that because I'm not you. God made me, me a little bit different. But if, can you see how frustrating it would be for me to try to be like, like Manny all the time and try to do everything he does and try to imitate everything he does and not realizing that although he is amazing, God made me also amazing. God gave us each individual gifts. A lot of believers, a lot of Christians, they try to live this righteous life without understanding who they are. I want you to grab something so clearly that holiness and sanctification belong to you. It's who you are. You were meant to walk in righteousness. You were meant to walk in truth. You were never meant to walk with guilt. Girls, did you hear what I just said? You were always meant to walk in freedom. You were meant to walk without the, 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 the feeling that you are less than. That God made you precious. He made you amazing. Guys, when you sin, men, listen to this. When you sin, you're not acting like the person God called you to be. When you sin, you're acting like someone else. You're acting like someone that doesn't belong. Listen, you belong in the mercies of God. You belong in the image that God gave you. This is something that I wanted to share because I feel like yesterday, though we covered some really deep stuff, like, and I think, I don't know if you guys would remember, I, I kept it, right? This is the don't screw up, right? That you, you are positionally changed, right? God now has you going back the other way, but it is a process. I want you to remember this, that this incredible majestic work of transformation and sanctification in your life is not overnight. It is a process. It's over time. It is not a matter of one experience. It is a, ma a matter of endurance. So it's not experience only. It is endurance. Can you say, God, I'm with you for the long run. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to walk with you the rest of my life. Amen. It's kind of hard when I don't hear feedback. So I can just see you guys. I can only see some faces like, huh? <laughs> but I want to tell you that number one thing is that you and I ought to live out of who we are in Christ and not only trying, but who are you? So who are you? We're going to spend a little bit of time on this. Who are you? Number one, you're a chosen race. So the first thing that you and I must understand is that who I am, right? Who I am is chosen. God chose you. I was explaining to somebody about, I don't know, about a year ago, maybe a little bit more, that I would rather be chosen, I would rather be chosen, meaning I would rather be picked than somebody uh, having to be with me. Meaning like we were talking about sports, right? And how when you get picked first, it's wonderful. When you get picked, it feels really, really good. Then when somebody just sticks you in the team and you have to be the last guy, and uh, I don't know if you ever had to be the last person that you got chosen to play a sport and it just doesn't feel good. Uh, and you're like, you know, the one that, uh, yeah, you're the last guy. So it is amazing to be chosen that God chose you. God literally chose you. I'm going to repeat that again. God chose you. Sometimes you may be struggling and say, man, why am I the only one Christian in my family? Uh, just by a show of hands, raise your hand if you're one of the only Christians or one of the first Christians and real, I mean like disciples in your family, just wave it a little bit. 
Awesome. I see Victoria, Alexis. I see the, the Reinas. Awesome. I see Iris. Um, and I can't see many, many people on my screen. But if you're one of those first Christians in your family that maybe you have to struggle with, you know, with, uh, I don't know, you know, sometimes families can be pretty brutal as well. I want to tell you that you were chosen. That you were chosen first. The God picked you, handpicked you to do something amazing in your family and with your family. First thing you have to understand is that God chose you. It is better to be wanted, in my case, in my view, than having to, than to be needed. You know, I, I ten times rather be wanted than needed. Um, and so God didn't necessarily need you, but he did want you. Let me repeat that again. God didn't necessarily need you. He could have chosen somebody else, but he wanted you. Yesterday, like I said, we spoke about holiness and sanctification. Today, I want you to understand how to walk in holiness. Yesterday, we explained the difference between positional sanctification, that God immediately justified you, right? Positional sanctification is the justification. Immediately, God forgave you. That's it. Done. You are now a child of God, but then you need to walk in that holiness. That's the process of sanctification. Amen. Let me pause for a second. Does anybody have a question up until that moment? The difference between those two. I want to make sure that I bring everybody along and that nobody, you know, that we don't leave anybody behind. Do you guys understand the difference between positional and progressive sanctification, between that justification and then that walk of holiness throughout your life? Does that make sense? This, is there anybody has a question, by the way? There's no dumb questions, no bad questions. I'm glad that we have this format because people can actually ask. Um, if you do have a question, just kind of raise your hand, and I'll be more than glad to answer. But it has to be a question. Don't try to take the teaching moment either. I know some of you guys want to preach, so you could. Just open up your cell groups. <laughs> anybody? Yeah? Go. Give me a thumbs up if we can move forward. Difference between justification, right, immediate, and then sanctification. Because I'm going to ask you guys. I'm going to pick one person. I'm going to ask if you guys got it. You guys got your hands up? Yeah? You guys good? All right, cool. All right, Angel. Let's go ahead and pick Angel. Angel Justine. Go ahead and unmute your... Uh, your uh, Why? Because I was the first one. Because your smile. <laughs> your smile is awesome. And, and you just look like holy. You know, you look justified and sanctified. All right, cool. Because so I'm what, wearing a yellow shirt. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. What, <laughs> what is, the, what is the, the different... Okay. What are the two types of sanctification or just, you know, sanctification? Okay, so from what we learned yesterday was um, the first part is um, is this like saying like justify just like justify sanctification is just that I've never sinned, so it's God's grace over our life, and so it's the whole process of sanctification is walking through that in holiness, and um, yeah. Awesome, good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. Cool, cool, cool. So the first one is just immediate boom. You're forgiven that mercy of God for you, right? Awesome. Yeah. And then the other one is now the process of sanctification. Good stuff. Good of stuff. Walking out holy life. Walking out, right? That's the relational part. We talk about also, remember the marriage certificate of yesterday? Now we've talked about how you can now you have a relate you're related to God, but now you have to have a relationship, right? So the related part, and now you're in a relationship with God. Great. So what we're gonna, we're doing, we're talking about right now is how to actually walk in that relationship. So you have to grasp, and you and I have to really dig into the word. We have to remind ourselves. You have to live in relationship as a child of God, as a new creation. What I'm trying to teach you in the word today is this, and I pray that you grasp it, that the more you get to know God, the more you do relationship with him, the easier it is to fall in love with him, the easier it is to know him. The more I can genuinely tell you guys, 10 years after marrying Eunice, I am more in love with her than when I married her. Now, I loved her back then, but I love her so much more now because I know her more. The same thing happens with God. The more you know Jesus, the more you know about God, the deeper you go into who he is, I promise you guys, you're going to fall deeper and deeper in love with him. I think a lot of Christians are very shallow in their, in their relationship with God. Because it is a very one-way relationship. It's how good would your relationship be with your spouse or with your friend if all the relationship was worth was what you can get out of it. Instead of getting to really know each other, instead of growing in intimacy, instead of saying, I want to know you, I want to actually know who you are. 
And so what I'm trying to get you to grasp more than anything is to understand that you, in this relationship with God, it should have an effect on you. When you know God more, the more you fall in love with him, the more your life should change. If your life stopped changing, listen, it is not because God is not working, because you stopped getting to know him. That process of sanctification is the process of acknowledging God in your life and acknowledging your relationship to that holy God. Have you ever been around a person that you didn't even know was influencing you? And you start doing things that that person started doing. Now, I know that sounds very teenagerish, but let me tell you something. Mikey and I, you know, we went to college together. We played ball together. Um, you know, we were roommates. And Mikey used to say something. And now we both stopped saying, I don't know why, but he, after the, every sentence he would say, he would say, not every sentence, but almost every sentence, he would say, nothing? Like, hey, uh, so uh, you want to go play ball? Nothing? And that's, I don't know, Mikey got it from somewhere. And so he would say nothing. And, or he would like, we would like punch each other and be like, uh, nothing? Just for some weird reason, we would say nothing. Mikey, are you here? Do you remember that? Nothing? Did I just call someone out that's not here? I'm pretty good at that. It's one of my gifts, my spiritual gifts. He said he doesn't have a mic, Pastor. Mic? He... I no mic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, but he remembers, yeah. Does he remember? No, yeah, he's no. sitting on the chat that he remembers. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, it's on the chat right there. Haha, <laughs> I don't have a mic. Sorry, I remember. Nothing? <laughs> so very soon, I began to say nothing for, for, for nothing, right? And so I remember my sister said... I don't know who's influencing you. Either you're influencing him or he's influencing you. And I thought that's a good thing. That's a pretty good guy. Without me even knowing, I began to receive some things from him. See, when you get to know someone, you start spending time with them, something should begin to happen in you, especially when he's the creator of the world, when he is the Lord. So what I want you to grasp is this, is that the more you get to know God, the more your life should change, the more you should be transformed. If you're not getting to know God, I promise you, it is very quickly, very, very soon, you're going to be stuck. Understand this. It says that you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are holy. You are set apart. Set apart. You have been set apart because that's what holiness is. That's what sanctification is. It is you understanding that God made you a specific way for a specific purpose. God set you apart. God moved you from the bunch, and he said, no, 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 this one is mine. This one I want to use for royal purpose. Sean, did you know that God wants to use you for a royal purpose, that God wants to use you for an incredible purpose? And for that to happen, you must understand that you've been set apart by God. If you begin to continue, if you continue to act your life as though you were never set apart, then God cannot fulfill that purpose in your life because you're acting as though you were never called and you were never chosen and you were never really a royal priesthood. Have you ever come across someone? Once again, I repeat it to you. Have you ever come across someone who's acting like someone they're not? What do you feel when you see that? It's almost like you feel embarrassed for them. You're like, that's not who you are. Have you ever had a friend that really changed for that guy, right, girls? That she, she completely changed for that person or a guy that was you know, a certain way and he completely changed to make her happy, but in reality changed for the worse. That happens so much in our lives, but it should happen with God the right way. You guys, the Lord chose you. The Lord called you a royal priesthood. He called you a holy nation and he called you his people for his own possession. I want to spend the rest of the time here and I hope that God speaks to you through this part here that sanctification it is a process sanctification doesn't happen in a vacuum the first thing that you need in order to really be sanctified is that that is who you are you were meant to live in holiness you were meant to live in holiness now when i say these things some people think holiness is boring holiness is the most exciting the most wonderful thing in your life when you walk set apart for a purpose it's incredible I had a friend, his name was Brian Clay. Now, I don't want to say he's my friend. He's somebody we knew, and we knew, okay, right from APU. We, he was a guy, he was an athlete. And, uh, you know, whenever we would go to In-N-Out to get, you know, double cheeseburgers, this guy would be in the track training, right? We would, you know, get some pizza, and this guy would be in the track training. Whenever we would be playing around out there, we were just, like, playing, I don't know, uh, some, you know, throwing the ball around. This guy was training. 
this guy was incredible. His, he became an Olympic athlete. Won I don't know how many gold medals. He was about my size, maybe even smaller. Yet he won the decathlons. He was just he was a beast. Look him up sometime, Brian Clay. This guy was so legit, and he just he lived a different life. He didn't live like us. We we were athletes. We played football, but man, this guy was another level of consecration onto his sport. This guy lived completely set apart for his sport. That is the difference, I think, between normal Christians and disciples of Jesus Christ. That people know this person's different. See, I do the Christian thing, but this person's taking it to a whole nother level. This person has like gold medal status Christianity. Does that make sense? I don't mean to say that you are worth more. I'm simply telling you that you take the word and you say, this is who I am. You absorb it, you receive it, and you live it out. When people see you, do they say, yeah, that person's trying? Or that the people say, man, that person's different. There's something different about Alexis. There's something different about Victoria. There's something in their lives that makes me say, wow, there's, there's, there's something different. I know that God called us for a purpose. What is your purpose in this world? What is the purpose in this world? Please repeat this with me. Purpose sanctifies me. Purpose sanctifies me. When you have your purpose, it sets you apart. When you have a purpose, it sets you apart. In this guy's case, his purpose was to win the gold. And so he didn't eat what we ate. He didn't run like we ran. He trained differently. He lived a social life that was different. Brian Clay was set apart to do something and he knew it. He knew that he was meant to wear a gold medal. Mikey and I were meant to play on a team. That's pretty okay. But we were never, we never thought in our minds we're gold medalists. I mean, maybe Mike, yeah, I don't know. But I never did. I was like, well, I'm going to enjoy this as much as I can. Football's fun. I'm not going to do it all my life. So I might as well ride this, this wave as long as I can. But this man lived different, right? You have a purpose. You have an incredible purpose. You cannot have a nominal Christian mindset. You'll say, God, what is my purpose on this world? If you don't live out of your purpose, you're going to fall so much, so often. You're going to be swayed to the right, swayed to the left. You're going to fall so many times. People are going to make you feel bad and make you feel good. See, it is not them that you rely on. You have to know your purpose. Now, for some people, that sounds so hard. And I know it sounds difficult, but it actually isn't. It is super simple to understand the purpose of God in your life. The first thing you and I need to understand is that our function is different than our purpose. You may have so many different functions. Did you know that some of you are teachers? Some of you here will be in government. Some of you will be world stars in, you know, when it comes down to music. Some of you guys are going to do amazing things. Some of you guys are going to be amazing lawyers. And God's going to use you in so many incredible things. Some of you will be in law enforcement. You're going to do incredible things in those departments. Some of you here will be ball players. Praise God, right? God's going to use you. Maybe some of you will have your own business, your company, and that business will glorify God, and you're going to be able to bless nations. Some of you here, or you, God is calling you to be an example, uh, what it looks like to be a godly woman, a godly man. God called you, right? But here's the crazy thing. A lot of people think that their purposes are function. And when their function changes, their world falls apart, right? You may be a singer and then you get, you know, a problem with your throat, like cancer in the throat, and all of a sudden your world falls apart. Or maybe, just maybe, you think your purpose is to be that guy's girlfriend and the guy doesn't like you that day and your purpose seems to be falling apart. Or maybe you even think that your purpose is to be a cell leader and people don't go to your cell group that week and you feel like you're falling apart. That is not the point. Your function, what you're doing at that moment, is not who you are. You're doing those things out of who you are, not because, right? Not to become that person. Listen to what I'm telling you. As a husband, that is one of my functions, but I'm living that function because of who I am. I am a child of God called from darkness into light in order to announce those wonderful things, the virtues of the one who called me. Meaning, I have become a banner of his glory. I have become now an announcement of the wonderful things that he is to a world that is so dark because that's where I came from. Let me repeat this to you. My purpose is to announce the virtues of the glory of God, of the one who called me from darkness into his marvelous light. When you understand your purpose, this is the truth. When you understand your purpose, it is so much easier not to fall for whatever garbage the world throws at you, for whatever trash someone may say. 
It is so much easier to not get discouraged when things don't go your way because at the end of the day, all things work out for good for those that love him and that walk and live according to his purpose. Does that make sense? The reason you and I are fasting and the reason you and I want sanctification is because we want to walk in the purpose of God in our lives. It is not so that people will see us and say, oh, she's holy, but rather so when people see us, they say, wow, God is good. God is doing something great. I want a piece of that. I want whatever that person is receiving, I want to receive it because I can see God doing something. Does that make sense? Holiness is not to make you feel good or to get you admired. It is to give God glory for what he's done in you. You and I have been called. We've been chosen. I said to you earlier, you've been chosen. You are a royal priesthood. Live like it. You're a holy nation. You're set apart. You have been set apart for God's own purpose. And I want to say this, you are his possession. I want to park here for a second. You are a possession to the Lord. Now, this is so beautiful. And some of you guys think, I don't want to be someone's possession. Yeah, you do. In this case, you do, I promise. Meaning God says, you're mine and I am yours. You belong with me and you belong to me. You are mine. I love this. You are mine. This is why I know for a fact that when God says you are mine, it carries so much weight. When he says you are my possession, he says, no one can take you out of my hands. No one can treat you like trash because you are mine. No one can steal you from me. You are mine. God is telling you you are in my grip. Can you understand why you cannot walk in sin and live in sin? Because you are his. You are not the enemy's tool. You are God's special possession. You are amazing in him. And that is something that when you walk in the world, you don't know where you belong. You don't know. Have you ever felt that way? I don't know if you did, but I felt that way. Certainly when I was partying and doing crazy things, I knew I didn't belong to that. I don't know if you know, but I know that when I was doing dumb things, I was like, God, I know I don't belong here. I mean, they pretend like they're really happy. And I know behind that is a bunch of facade, but I can't be happy here. I can't be happy in doing, doing this crazy. I don't belong here. If you ever felt like you didn't belong, it is because you're not of this world. God has called you and he's pulled you out. And he says, you're not of this world. You are not of this world. You're the kingdom of God. You're the kingdom of heaven. Listen, guys, this is uh, something that many, many people understand here, but they don't believe it here. When your family mistreats you, you have a choice. When people mistreat you, when you go through circumstances, difficulties, you have a choice. And to pretend like that's all you have and that's all you will ever have. Or to say, God, I know this is for a while. I belong with you. You're my Lord. You're my King. I'm a part of your kingdom. And all this one day will pass. I want to give you glory as long as I'm here. You see how different that mindset is? That when somebody breaks up with you or say when somebody doesn't hire you or maybe when something happens and a relationship falls apart. Instead of saying, that's all I have. That's who I am. Saying, God, I am of you. I don't belong here. I belong to you. And that is all. You are chosen by God to live out your purpose, to call and to speak of his excellencies. He called you from darkness into light. Amen? I don't see you guys say amen, so I'm going to assume you said amen. But uh, sanctification happens when you come closer to God, and the opposite is also true. I want to wrap your heart and your brain around this so we can take it home. I know tomorrow I'm going to be very, I'm going to have a story and I pray that tomorrow it's, it, it, God makes you so hungry for holiness that I'm going to sound really weird right now that you don't want to eat anything else until you get him first, that you don't want to absorb anything else until you absorb him first. I want to tell you this, this, this next thing, I think that God's going to really speak to you. Um, and that is a sanctification is not only to set you apart from things, but it's set you apart for things, to set you apart for God. The best things in your life could only happen and could only come when you have been set apart, when you have been sanctified. It, said here in the, it says here in the word that Jesus sanctified himself for us. That sounds so weird to me because sanctification, as some people understand, is to live a sinless or, or sinless, right? The more you sanctify, you're sanctified, the less sin you do. Yet Jesus said that he had been sanctified by us in first, in, and I mean, John chapter 17, verse 18, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world for their sakes, verse 19, 
I sanctify myself that they themselves also may be sanctified. I sanctify myself for their sake. You and I must understand that God sets us apart for specific purpose and for specific people. That God has given you a mission. I want to tell you now, you are a missionary. That sounds really weird, but you are a missionary. You are here on a mission. God called you on a mission. When you live a missionless life, you live a purposeless life. When you live a purposeless life, you live a weak life, a life without power. Purpose fills you with power. Purpose fills you with power. Now, some people have a horrible purpose and purpose that are not God's purpose. For some people, the extermination of a race has been their purpose. And they live crazy and horrible. Yet there's been, I can say this with all truth, that those people with the wrong purpose did, did horrible things, world impacting things like Hitler. But I want to say this, that if you have the right purpose and the purpose of God, you can do even greater, greater things. You can do far more impacting things for God in this world than anyone that didn't have the purpose of God. I am so excited to share this with you because I believe that if any of you, at least one of you or two of you grab onto this and you say, I have purpose, your life will change. Who you are will change. You have a purpose in God. Don't let anyone diminish that. You have a purpose in God. Jesus said, for their sakes, I sanctify myself. Meaning for their sakes, I live different. Because of you, I live different. Can I tell you guys, I hope you don't sound really weird, but I sanctify myself for you guys. I set my life apart from doing so many other things for you. And I don't mean that I'm like, See what I'm doing for you? I mean, like, it is such a wonderful thing. It is such a cool thing. It's beautiful to live this way because I understand that my purpose has so much to do with other people and people that love me and people that love God and people that I love. The problem happens is when you live in a vacuum and you begin to think that your life is just yours, that you begin to think that your purpose is to live just for you and to live for your prosperity and for your health and for your wealth and for you to feel better and think better. Nothing can be more miserable than living that way. When you live out the purpose of God, when you live out the purpose of God, true joy can come, true fulfillment can come. I'm telling you this, so many people that I come across are so unhappy because they're always trying to please everybody instead of understanding that not pleasure of others but purpose is what god wants he doesn't want you to just live for pleasure he wants you to live for purpose and that purpose brings so much pleasure holiness assures your purpose holiness reassures your purpose when you live on purpose when your life is lived out on purpose then your holiness strengthens your purpose and your purpose strengthens your holiness when you realize what you've been called to do, when you realize what God made you for, everything else is not as impressive. Everything else is not as incredible. I want to be very honest with you. I used to be very impressed with some people in the world. I would see certain artists or certain athletes. I'd be like, oh. and of course, I give them respect still. And I think they still, some deserve some honor, some, some don't. But I can say to you, I stopped being starstruck. I stopped being so impressed with the world the moment I realized the purpose of God in my life. I still can admire, but now I can say to you, I know what God has called me to do. Can I tell you guys, God called you for incredible things. God called you for majestic things. Ephesians 1.3 said, in him, we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Let me repeat that again. In him, we have every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Do you believe that you have every blessing in him? I mean, Alex, do you believe that you have every blessing in him? Karen, do you believe that you have every blessing in him? That word. Can you Amen. actually believe? Amen. Right? Can you actually believe, Angie, that you have every blessing in him? Now, if you believe that, holiness is that much more attainable. Then you actually can walk in holiness. But the moment you don't believe that anymore is when you're going to start stepping outside of him to try to fulfill and to receive your blessings. I want to have you understand something that is that Satan has one great lie that destroys your holiness. One big lie. There was this man that was walking around. This is a story. Okay. This is naturally happened. As you can tell right away, this man 
he was walking around this uh, big old, uh, how do you call those? Uh, it's like a outdoor, uh, what do you call it? The, the, like when you go buying things on Saturday morning only where they put it in the- uh, The farmer's market? A, a more ghetto version of the farmer's market. What is yes, it? Slap me. Slap me. There's nothing wrong with Swami. Swami is amazing. But anyways, <laughs> so there's this, this is a, you know, this is a spiritual Swami, right? And the, and, uh, and so there's a, <laughs> there's this guy walking around this spiritual Swami. He said, hey, you know, it's a, he said, uh, you know, what is this? Oh, you know, this is uh, this right here. You know, it's it's a, you know, it's you know all the kind of spiritual blessings. This is the the gifting of uh, you know of music and worship and praise. Wow, that's amazing. That's really really cool. And then you know there was this other man came to this you know this different shop and he said, what is that? He said that right there is is the the store of the enemy. That's that's the store of Satan. And you know that's the, the you know the little place where. Satan meets, you know, he got a little, little Satan blanket on the floor. And, and this guy, I don't, you want to see what's there? He's like, no, I don't want to see. That's creepy. He's like, come on, let's go find out what he has. And this guy went up to, to Satan in the swap meet, right? And this spiritual swap meet. And so he said, hey, uh, so, uh, uh, so what, what are you selling? What do you have? And so Satan began to talk to these guys and he said, well, right here, this is a, this is a very, a very expensive, uh, incredible, you know, um, thing that I can sell to you. He says, this thing can get you power. This thing, uh, you know, can get you all kinds of beautiful things. It's called lies. And so he shows it to him. It's a jar full of lies. And the guy's like, oh, I don't want to buy that. He's like, I don't want to buy that. No, 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 thank you. I heard that line really misses you. So he goes and he says, what about that? And he pulls it out. He's like, this year, this year, man, this, this is incredible. But it is dangerous. But if you have it, once you have it, people are going to be respecting you. They're going to be so afraid of you. This year, he pulls it out and it's called murder, right? And he's like, oh, murder. He's like, oh, I don't want that. That's scary. That'll leave me in jail. So he has all these different things. Like, what about that thing? There's this big, big box. And he says, that right there, I cannot sell it. He said, why not? What is it? He said, I can't sell you that thing. I, that's not for sale. That belongs to me. He said, wait, you have everything of lies, murder, you know, exaggerations, lust. You have all these things out there. He said, yeah, this one I cannot sell you. This is my secret weapon. I will never get rid of it. And so he goes up to him and he says, well, can you at least tell me what it is? So he brings this box and he uncovers it. And he sees nothing in it. He said, well, what is it? He said, you may not be able to see it. He said, but this here is the belief that there's no consequence to sin. If I can get people to believe that there's no consequence to their sin, then I got them with all the other things. If I can get them to think that there's no consequence to their sin, then I can get them with everything else. They'll lie, they'll cheat, they'll kill, they'll fall into sexual sin. If I can get them to believe there's no consequence, that story may sound really strange, but I tell you what, Christians believe this over and over. That secret weapon of the enemy works again and again. I wanted to finish today by telling you the two most horrible consequences of sin. The first one is this, is that it erases, it taints, it's like begins to smear the image of God in you. When you begin to sin, it doesn't mean that you're not a child of God. What it means is you begin to act like something that you're not. It's like a painting of you. And when you sin, it begins to be smeared and smeared. And you no longer look like your father, God. And so everything about you tells you, you must not be a child of God because you're sinning. And that guilt and all that happens, God begins to tell you, no, you are. Help, come, near, come near me. Come close to me. I'll remind you of who you are. I'll remind you of who I am. So the first thing of sin is that it smears the image of God in you. And the second thing that sin does, it destroys you because of this particular consequence. It tells you that since you are not holy, then you have no purpose. That your purpose cannot be real because you cannot walk close to God. I want to tell you this, that the Lord has given you an incredible purpose. You have been chosen to do amazing things in this world. I don't want to extend anymore. I want you to understand something that because you are holy, you are to live. You're not to live a certain way so that you can become holy. You are set apart. Live that way. I want you to do something for the remainder of this week to simply ask God, God, show me my identity in you. Show me who I am in you. I used to be very afraid of witnessing, very afraid of talking to people about God. And the moment I realized who I am in Christ, I lost that fear. Now, I don't want to say it's not a struggle. Sometimes it's still a struggle. 
Sometimes I don't know how to start or how to say it. But one thing I know is who I am in Christ. I used to be afraid of preaching in front of people, believe it or not. And I've stood in front of thousands and preached with full confidence because I know who I am in him. I know who I am in him. Can you say, I know who I am in Christ. So I want you to grasp that God loves you and he chose you. And the second thing is, is that you are to live not only according to that image, but according to that purpose. You have an incredible purpose. Let me pray for you guys. Let me pray that, that tomorrow with the story, that your hunger and your thirst for holiness will be so real that you hate sin and love God. If you begin to hate sin just as much as you hate anything else, I promise you, like when you begin to hate sin, something beautiful will begin to happen. You're going to grow hungrier and hunger and thirstier for God. I want to pray that that taste for sin will begin to make you nauseous. I want to pray that God reveals to you what happens in the spirit when you walk in sin. Something told me before I preached today, and I, and I really believe this, um, that if you sanctify yourself, the Lord will do wonders among you tomorrow. I know that if you sanctify yourself right now, today, if you say, God, I want to live for you. I want to live for you. That God is going to do incredible things for you tomorrow, and he'll do amazing things with you tomorrow. I want to pray that God blesses you today with the reality that you've been chosen and set apart. Let me pray for you guys, yeah? Dear God, thank you so much for this amazing people. Thank you for this amazing time. Lord, I ask you for something that every person that's logged on, 100 and plus people, God, that every one of them will realize that they are chosen by you, that they are royal priesthood, that they are your children, that they're amazing. They've been called to live in righteousness. God, I pray for those that are struggling with, with their sexuality, that are struggling with lust. I pray, God, that they would realize that that is not who they are, that they are meant to be pure. I pray, God, for those that are listening, that have been struggling with exaggeration of lies or, or, or something that, God, that comes from their lips, that they, they say things that are simply not true. I pray, God, that they would be reminded that that is not who they are, that they are truthful people, that they walk in the truth. You are truth, God. I pray right now that if somebody here has been struggling with, with unfaithfulness towards someone they love or unfaithfulness in their heart towards their families, I pray, God, right now that you convict them of their sin and that they would say, I love you, God, and I will stay by, my, by your side. I pray right now, God, that if someone here listening to this has been sinning with laziness or lack of purpose, God, that you remind them that they were chosen for you and by you. God, that you show them how much you love them. I thank you, Jesus, because you are better than anything else. And all fulfillment is found in you. Ha, ah, God, please, would you remove from our lives the thought that you are not enough. Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, you are enough. As you pray with me, would you just in your heart begin to convict and ask God to help you to be convicted that he is enough for you, that he is more than enough, that everything else is a blessing, but he is your, the one who satisfies you. Dear God, all our fountains are in you. All our sources are in you. God, you are the source of our blessings. All blessings are found in you. In your name I pray. Amen. You guys, uh, I want to, uh, before I close the, the laptop, um, this is uh, very strange, right? The way we're doing church today. Uh, I was talking to a pastor from Florida, uh, and I was telling them how much church is changing for some people. But I was very excited to tell them that I believe that though the way things are done in church for a while at least, I was genuinely able to tell them at CFF, I see people falling in love with God more than ever. I see people fighting for holiness. I was able to tell them, even though, we haven't been able to all meet together. There's a different sense of unity that is coming. I want you to understand something. When you cannot have what you used to have, you have to fight to have more of something else. When Eoni and I cannot do something together, meaning when we cannot have an experience together, for example, we can't go out. Well, we have to learn to experience each other differently. We have to learn to know each other more. We have to learn to grow in intimacy, to grow in friendship. I want to ask you guys to stay close to each other, to stay close to God, and to stay close to the church. I know it takes extra effort to call, to ask people how they're doing, to do something amazing for them. But I want to encourage you to be the body of Christ. So here's my challenge in the week of sanctification, that you ask someone 
anyone on the screen. You could choose. It doesn't have to be from your own cell group. Ask someone what you can be praying for. And I know it's going to sound like, you know, just a normal cliche Christian thing, but I mean it. Really pray for them. This next three days, pray for them. As we do communion on Friday, that God would work a spirit of unity in us that is beautiful and unbreakable. Care about each other. You are the body of Christ. Sanctity and holiness never happens in a vacuum. No one can truly be holy by themselves. We need each other to sharpen each other, to roughen each other, you know, to take the roughness out of each other. We need each other to challenge the ideas that we have. So ask someone on the screen, you know, before you go, uh, maybe, you know, send a text message or call somebody or, you know, do a Zoom thing and just really ask somebody, what can I be praying for and really be praying for them? Does that make sense? Yeah. You guys, we love you guys so much. So, so very much. Tomorrow, like I said, we're really going to uh, get into something really, really beautiful. And I pray, I'm really excited about tomorrow. I, I love telling stories and tomorrow's story is awesome. I love it. I love it. So um, I'm just really excited about tomorrow. And then Friday, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have that, uh, you know, that communion together. Uh, so tomorrow, uh, along with the story, I, I want you guys to do this. I want you to make a list, really write a list of things that you've been struggling with. You're not going to show it to everybody else, but we're going to do something pretty symbolic there. And so I want you to have a list of those things that you've been struggling with. Now, you can fold it. You don't have it. You don't have to give it to somebody, but I want you to bring it with you when we're doing that. You can have it folded if you're going to be meeting with other people so they don't see your list. So do you have that one too? I have that one too. You know what I mean? Just things that you that you know are sinful or that you know that are not meant to be in your life. It could be something as simple, you know, as, um, I don't know, I sleep, too, I, sleep, I sleep too much or I sleep until too late. And you know that's become sinful in your life that's a struggle or it could be something as as deep and as complicated you know as you may as you may see fit so does that make sense so make sure you bring your list of things that you're struggling with got it i want to pray over you that god gives you guys victory over those and um yeah is that good any questions before we go does anybody have a question this is scary to do because i know we bring our list on friday or or no no tomorrow the list is for tomorrow The list is for tomorrow. So, yeah. So now you're going to have a night of reflection tomorrow um, and just bring that list. Okay. Yeah. So tomorrow. Thank you, Alexis, for clearing it up. Awesome. Now, tomorrow, I know some of you guys are having cell groups. So tomorrow, you can invite the people that normally go to your cell group. So it's an open. uh, So distribute this link to everybody tomorrow. Uh, You know, if somebody's new to the church, tomorrow's going to be a, a message also geared for anyone, anyone. So it doesn't have to be somebody who's a 144 or somebody who's already walking with Christ. Anyone will be able to receive tomorrow. Got it? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. All right, guys. Uh, I don't see anybody else. Love you guys very much. Uh, and uh, be praying, continue to fast. And uh, some of you guys already look a little, uh, a little skinnier. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Now uh, continue to fast and uh, it's, it's exciting. Okay. God bless you guys. Be praying for somebody, so connect with somebody else.